it doesn't bother me. I mean, it's it's not like a John situation where it's it's a it's a trigger or it's a flag that I'm under stress or overworked or anything. It's just it's just a it's <laughs> way to call him out. Jesus, <laughs> it's just dreamy. I, I have a bad life at home. My family situation is not great. I'm not so, saying yeah. anything like that. It's not like it's not like John, where if I have that kind of dream, it means my wife's cheating on me. It's a totally different kind well, of dream. She is. Hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 85, recorded November 30th, 2017. In this episode, Thomas, John, and I talk about Buscoin, PHP 7.2, new Laracons opening around the world, and a lot more. So let's get started. Imagine, gentlemen, living in a world where every website you went to, you had to go referencing the IP address. No names. No subdomains, no nothing, just the number. Before DNS was invented, that was your only option. Thankfully, January 1st, 1985, DNS was invented. This is episode 85 of the PHP Ugly podcast. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. That was good. That was no, a good one. That was good. I, I bust my balls. You week after week, you say that one no, was good. That that was good. I like that one. Damn it! <laughs> he just, liked it because it was short. Yeah. It it was quick. It was to the point. Gets the, and I got it. I got it halfway stuff. through. Like I'm like, oh, I see where he's going with this one. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, but how was it? Had a... How was how was it? No, I got to go back. How was it invented okay, on January first? Yeah. Was it released January 1st? Meaning it was really Wikipedia, invented in, Wikipedia didn't in say that. It just said January 1st, 1985. Well, Wikipedia's stupid. Okay, move yeah, on. Yeah, and they keep asking for my money, too. <laughs> they do. Have you donated yet? If everyone just gave $3, we could be wealthy. Filthy rich. <laughs> I, that brings me up to another $3 thing, but it's only for us San Diegans. It's completely oh, not. Be. It's definitely not PHP ugly material, but freaking SDGNE. I just found out today that back in 2007, the wildfires that ravaged San Diego were caused by faulty SDGNE power lines. That's right. And they wanted San Diego residents to pay. And granted, it's only. It, I think it worked out to like a dollar sixty-seven a month for six years. But they wanted us to pay for their mistake. Luckily, the Public Utilities Commission said, nope, you cannot charge your customers. But I'm just flabbergasted that they would expect us to pay for that, where if I, as a citizen, caused a fire that did that much damage, I would be responsible. And there's no way I could say, hey, can't every San Diegan just pay 50 cents a month to cover my mistake? That's ridiculous. The, the the horrible thing about it is you, you know that they did they just called it something else they're like oh okay so we can't call it you pay for our screw up all right we're gonna call it uh, our rates go up upgrade. by a penny a megawatt yeah. or gigawatt yes, or whatever exactly. can't it's win just... that, that's if you're watching Mr Robot that's the, that's the whole spoiler spoiler alert that's the whole note for the season you can't, you can't win. win yeah no you can't no the system is is significantly larger than even 
the most insightful person thinks it it's, is. It's rigged. It's completely rigged. Yeah. No matter what you think you're doing, no matter what sort of impact you think you're having, you're not going to win. Yeah. <clears throat> See, I made a I made a little mistake, so I just started charging our clients seven hundred dollars an hour, and that, that kind of solved my issue. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry you brought, brought down your production environment. Uh, we're just going to increase your rate <laughs> to uh, let you understand how bad we feel about it. And uh, yeah. you'll just pay us more. Also, sorry like about that. your dog. <laughs> oh, Okay, man. sorry for derailing us like that. Gentlemen, I am a little jet lag, i got to be honest with you. When I was younger, I used to fly back and forth to the East Coast, not all the time but on a fairly regular basis and i could do it with little trouble at all and my trick was always i i always caught the red eye out to the east coast i would nap on the plane but not really sleep get there and push through the day and i i always thought it was a nice approach because uh you you didn't lose a day on the trip from west to east because here in the u.s there's a three-hour time difference so the the time jumps ahead three hours. So no matter when you leave the West Coast, it's about a five, six hour flight if it's a direct flight. And then on top of that, you lose three hours. So that's eight hours of your day. So I would do a, a red eye, push through the next day. I'd be pretty tired that first day, but I would push through to eight, nine o'clock, go to sleep, sleep a long 11, 12 hour sleep. And then wake back up the next day and be right on schedule with the East Coast. Coming back west was always a little easier because you you gained three hours. The last couple times I've flown back east, this last time, last week, when I went back for uh, Laracon US and I went to New York. And when I went back to Atlanta for PHP Tech, you know, I I did that same approach. And man, every single time, I'm dragging butt, man. I cannot... My body, my my body isn't as young as it used to be. I can't, I can't get that time adjustment like I like I used to. So see, that's one I'm of the back things. Here on I the still West Coast. I still haven't run across that. I I seem to bounce right into whatever the time zone is. Yeah, I have the same thing. I don't really get jet lag at all, but yeah, I have a I bizarro don't... sleeping schedule. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to be able to do it. I don't know. I, this past year, I all three trips, I have not been able to do it. I blame my age. Right. Too old. Well, we've we've been gone for a week because somebody had to take a nice long East Coast trip, or somebody there was decided on the, to on also invade a whole country or a continent and take it over for themselves, and then have a yearly celebration on what nice people they were to take the land from indigenous people. Yeah, there so, was, that happened too. So other people screwed things up and we we missed a week uh and we thought we were going to miss two but fortunately john was able to guilt trip eric into doing a, an episode today <laughs> I'm, I'm texting him calling him i'm like will you wake up please i can't do this without you we've done it once highest ratings ever i don't like high ratings so yeah please come no, i don't want to be too popular we, we, we should have continued that experiment experiment and see if <laughs> if this was like again a high rated high rated show well i didn't do uh i didn't do lair chat live today lair chat live did a podcast today and i i canceled on them i just you know i had too much going on could couldn't make it you didn't have to tell so them that I, we they could they could have thought we were recording wednesday <laughs> 
<laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what their what their uh, ratings are for the show because. <laughs> I'm gonna have a real. Yeah, it might be their best episode yet too. Exactly, it's gonna be through the roof. Uh, They needed to be clickbaity, like you know, Eric died. We talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Eric's no longer with us. So, what did uh, John? What'd you do this week since you had some extra time, not having to be Eric's handler? Um, I was Eric's handler. Ah. So. I, I, <laughs> he handled me more than uh, any other week. Yeah, the guy, the guy has my back when I'm not around. What is it you're drinking, Eric? Orange that's juice. just yeah. That's just a little ca- a little soda caffeine trying to wake me up a little bit. Sorry, uh, about that. that's all right. <laughs> no, I, my, I my literally, looks... literally just opened my eyes. I, I come stumbling into my <laughs> office. I'm like. Oh, it's almost a podcast. I come stumbling in my office and I see you guys typing in Slack. You ready to go? Yeah, let's just let's just do this. I'm like, wait, hey guys, I'm here. <laughs> see, I knew that the I knew that if we told the PHP 7.2 story, you would you would be furious, and so just the threat of that would get you onto the podcast. <laughs> Why would I be furious about that? Because you already yelled at me for for talking about it. I think your I think your quote was, "Hey." I put that ticket on my side of the of the Trello board. <laughs> Don't you dare! <laughs> this is true. I do believe I said that, and now I don't see it on there. <laughs> this is the first one. No, is PHP it? PHP News oh, Archive. Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> Holy crap! I'm so tired, man. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. What day is it? Oh. So I. I had an extra yes. amount of free time this week because I didn't have a show to edit even. And so what did, you, did, so, you, did you do anything productive with your time, Thomas? I went insane. I saw um, So I, you guys have seen, I, I've been telling you for a while, I had this idea for a company. Um, I thought it was a pretty interesting concept. It's cryptocurrency based. And I've sort of been sitting on it for a couple months now since we started doing all the crypto talk stuff. Um, but yeah, this weekend I just sort of went nuts and worked uh, probably 48 hours through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and produced a, a sort of teaser page for my concept. So if you uh, if you want to check out buskcoin.com, b-u-s-k-o-i-n.com, there's my little b-u-s-k what. B u s k o i n dot com. O i n dot com. Yes. So, Busk as in busking. So the the piece of uh, advice I was going to give you, I just realized you've already done. So I was going to say, hey, you need to have a mailing list. And yeah. Lo and behold, I log in or I go to the site and I see, hey, sign up here. So I just did. I okay. I, I I don't see that on the landing page, but I trust. It's at it. the very yeah. bottom bottom that's yeah. a good spot for it the the furthest away as as possible oh, i do see that that's, that's right. well this, uh, i'm what, not looking to build this with is this laravel what is it this says right below where your sign up page says what uh, this is built says, with jekyll just, what the hell is a jekyll i didn't know this but uh kaylin one of uh our co-workers uh pointed me towards this and it's just a template engine for producing static sites and getting them hosted through S3, which is pretty cool. 
it worked out. I, really I didn't nicely. realize you could host it through S3. So Jekyll, I, I know, was the platform you used to use to host uh, the the GitHub pages. You know, GitHub has that ability. Right, it still does that too. All. Yeah, I, I didn't realize you could host it through S3. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah, because S3 you can do the ho- a whole hosting of static sites, which is a very nice solution. We 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 use it for a, a client. Uh, every now and then they have to throw up some static uh, websites. Some like little brochure sites, and we'll throw it up on S3. But I, this Jekyll is very appealing. Um, I've used it in the past to do some GitHub pages. Nothing fantastic. Uh, I have to look at. Was it was it hard getting that set up with S3? Uh, the first time is a pain in the ass because there's these rules that you have to know. Um, like S3 doesn't support subdomains, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, S3, the S3 bucket has to be named exactly the same as the domain name. Yeah, that, that that's true regardless whether whether it's Jekyll or not. So yeah, yeah, I, I learned. I, I I got hit with that one before. And can you that's, do that's uh, HT, Can you do HTTPS? I've been told you can. I haven't gone in and implemented that yet, but uh, I'll probably be doing that this weekend. I'll, I mean, it's going to be another big weekend for me. I'm going to be doing a lot more development on the core platform and uh, doing some tune-up on the website that was recommended. Do you want to share some of your other big news? Wait, hold on. Well, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Are we done talking about Butcoin? What's it called? Bus, Buscoin? Bus, Buscoin. No, it's not Butcoin. I'm still, I'm still talking about Buscoin. But, yeah, so Buscoin. I... Buscoin. Normally, Buscoin. like busking. Like Got it. Like busking for in the, on the corner playing music. He's 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 not in the the hip scene. He doesn't know what busking is. So normally, when I get this sort of like burst of of energy and inspiration, it it goes for about forty eight hours and then dies. But I managed to carry it through into the work week and actually forked and generated my Genesis block for the cryptocurrency itself. Uh, and I actually have a functional yeah. cryptocurrency now. What does that mean? You you have your own you have your own Bitcoin. I don't want to get into details on what the coin is because it's still ephemeral. But uh, I have a blockchain based cryptocurrency that is dedicated to Buscoin, and I have the miners and wallet system uh, forked out from an existing project. That sounds and... incredibly incredibly complex. Yeah, was it's it, not. Is that hard? No. No, it's. It's it's a terminology race, you know, where you you just have to go through the process and then figure out what the hell it is that you're changing, and then change it to meet the values of your expectation, and then test it, and um, you know things like coin maturation times. And I'm used to uh, crypto mining where you just run a thing and it just silently goes off in the background and does its own thing and not understanding a word that it says on the screen. But to do this, I had to learn what the words meant, and I had to learn. Yeah, it was crazy, right? <laughs> so I had to teach myself quite a bit over uh, a surprisingly short period of time, and and now I'm at a point where I just sort of don't know what's next. I know what I need to do development-wise, software-wise, but as a business, I'm sort of at a loss. So, how far out do you think you are from actually having a working extension or plugin? Uh, I'm not 
really sure at this point. I started digging into the... one of my inspirations. Um, you know, there's a lot of open source stuff out there for these kinds of coin projects. And uh, there is an extension that I want to model mine after, but boy, it is not easy. <laughs> it's, it's not as complex as I thought it might be, but it's a lot of Java JavaScript that I don't know at all. Now, did, did you did you explain exactly what the concept was behind Buscoin and how, how it's going to work? I've done that three times today. I keep getting calls from uh, parents and parent-in-laws saying, what is this thing you put on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, but have you done it for a podcast listener? No, I haven't. <laughs> Maybe we should? Yeah. Maybe? So the idea is generally taking – we talked in the past about – John looks like he pooped himself. He dropped something. He was just seeing I did. anybody noticed. <laughs> uh, we, we talked in the past about what a company called CoinHive was doing, which was JavaScript-based mining for uh, cryptocurrencies on websites. And mm. people sort of universally hated that. They did not want websites mining currency on their machine and got very upset about it. But... My response to it was, well, if, if I was choosing to do it for the website, then I'd be fine with it. If I was given that input and that information, they said, yeah, while you're here, we're just going to use point, you know, 7% of your, your CPU idle cycles, and it'll make sure that the website stays up. It'll make sure we have enough cash to keep running. If, if that process was transparent to end users, then I think end users would be much more willing to accept it. Um, so that's the whole concept behind this plugin is that the plugin is running and generating some kind of token, uh, value on your computer and any content creators or websites that you wanted to just contribute to, you could spend these tokens on. So, uh, websites like Twitch have these gems that you can buy a thousand for $10 and then you can spend them on your favorite Twitch streamers. The idea here is that you don't have to invest any money into it. You just let the CPU idle time make gems for you, and then you can throw those at anyone who is participating or wants it. So uh, if if I hit a site that uses your service and I start generating gems, it's not necessarily going directly to that site. I, I decide you're always to... Yeah, as long as your browser's running, you're generating gems or points or whatever. And they so go into a wallet. It's a real crypto wallet. Coins. Yeah. You don't. You don't want to use their terms. You don't want to use. I'm not. Yeah. No. Twitch's I'm not going to use their terms. I need to come up with my own terminology for well, it. But the coins. idea is, I, yeah. I do want to abstract value away from these objects, though. I don't want people to see them as some way of getting rich quick, because this is a community endeavor. One person can donate twenty-five cents, but a thousand people can donate significantly more collectively. And so as, I wanted... a, as a as a as a open source content creator, I, I don't there's nothing I need to do. I just I just need to hope for that generosity uh, generosity from people who are already using the plugin who are on this platform just to recognize me and say, "Okay, I'm going to send I'm going to send uh, Eric some bus coins." Yeah, so all you have to do as a content creator is have a wallet, and there's going to be multiple ways of embedding that on either your own website or on YouTube or Twitch. So there will be a number of ways of 
somehow telling the the consumer, hey, this person for this site that you're on or this page that you're on is is accepting Buscoin, so you can throw them 10 Buscoin if you want. Um, and there's a lot of metrics work that I have to do where how many do you make a day and what does that represent in, in real money? Um, how do I adjust the difficulty curves so that people are getting what feels like a rewarding amount out of their computer time? Um, but my number one goal is to to give the community a power that somebody you know coin hive or pirate bay or whatever tried to take away they tried to say i want your idle time and you're not going to notice i want to say your idle time has value and you can use it if you want to so this is a way of monetizing your idle time in a way that will contribute to content creators so very nice very very nice idea uh, how will out of curiosity how will the coins have value in the future? I have a couple different models for that right now. Um, the first one is the inherent model of cryptocurrency, which is investment and trust. Um, so the reason I've, I've forked a separate currency uh, and, and started a whole new branch is because I want my currency to represent that trust in this specific project. I, I want people to be investing in the project as conceptually um but further down if there are if there's a if there's a market for people to buy bus coins and then spend them on people watching an advertisement or filling out a survey so that the person who fills out the survey gets the coins that were spent then that will inject a monetary value into the market inherently um the bus coin you know advertising like that doesn't involve the bus coin corporation or group or business we don't touch it they're just buying it off of a trading site and then spending it on a platform of their own choosing to give it back to consumers hmm. so there's there's several models I, I, for in, injecting real value into it right i don't mean to derail your your bus coin platform i'm just making sure i have an understanding of what what you're accomplishing and, and it's odd because this hit my stream um uh about a week or two ago and i kind of made a note to talk about it then i saw you do your thing because you shared it with us uh, earlier last week uh what you were working on i'm like well at first i thought maybe it was this i'm like did i just stumble onto thomas's project and not know it and then I realized, no, it was something else. Have you looked at uh, Utopian, uh, Utopian.io? Have, no. have I shared that with you? So it's a U-T-O-P-I-A-N.io. Oh, so you did share this with me. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, I had hit this. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I think this is what Thomas is working on. This looks really cool because it sounded really, really similar to what you're you were explaining is this kind of the same concept, or is this are they are they doing something different here? Um, I'm not sure how they're getting the coin value into the consumer's hands here. Uh huh. So they have a rewards thing. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't need we don't need to talk about them if uh, if it's. <laughs> I just wonder if if in your research you had done some research on this and you had some differences or not. But if it, if it's I, if you haven't, it's not really probably worth talking about. There is another project that I address in the frequently asked questions on the website. Um, this idea isn't wholly original. This isn't something that 
nobody has come up with in any part whatsoever. There are a lot of parts of this that have been thought up in the past. Um, my, my big thing here is that this is driven by a community, driven by people. Um, no ICO is one of my big things right now. Uh, ICOs are shifty and money grabby and don't promise anything. So I'm, I really want to go off of what the community says and does and tells me to do because I'm not in it to get rich. I'm in it to provide a new outlet to content creators and people who have no means of monetizing. I mean, the adpocalypse on YouTube has shown that there's this huge problem, this huge diaspora between content creators and advertisers and to abstract that away is one of my huge my big goals so are um, you going to i guess the big question is are you dog fooding this is is buscoin going to just generate revenue somehow through its platform or is it going to be dependent on the contributions of the users of the platform uh for the time being it's going to be dependent on the contributions of the users um this is one of the areas where I'm stuck is as a business, I don't know what getting invest an investor looks like. I don't know what angel investors contribute, how much of the company they want or how that's even done. You, you know, know what I, I mean? gotta be honest. I gotta be honest with you. Knowing your morality, you know, where, where you stand on, on open source and contributing and making sure content creators get, get some revenue stream and, what you're trying to accomplish with Buzzcoin, I really seriously think that's the wrong avenue to even be thinking about it. As far as angel investors and investors, hey, hey, we hey, see hey, hey, any hey, sort of... I'm going to shark tank him here. <laughs> <laughs> he is. You're the other I, side of the shark tank. I'll give you 100 bucks for 50%. And I, I, I'm 100% in charge. That's... <laughs> No, but I, I think dog fooding this is the, is really the only way to go. I mean, if it, it, I think that will establish that trust in the community where you say, "Hey, you know, this platform lives based on the contributions of the people who use it," and just let it let that grow, see if it happens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the primary source of of income is going to be an initial batch of coins that are generated privately and kept on a wallet or series of wallets that are contributing to the creation of the company um which i guess is an ico kind of except that i'm not going to be doing like a an initial public hey buy coins i'm just going to launch the system mm -hmm. when it's ready to mm -hmm. launch um and then once the system is launched if people want to buy coins knock yourselves out mine for them buy them fantastic well, this sounds really exciting, Thomas. I, I, I wish you all the luck. And if if you do become rich and famous off it, we, we will be suing you later in life as being, you know, part of the creators of it. So just be aware of that this has been established on this uh, public, oh, yeah, yeah. the public forum on PHP. Well aware. John and I do have a stake in this company, albeit, you know, fake, but. <laughs> but that's still a legal foundation fake fake is still about, a legal precedence <laughs> talking about cryptocurrency who here is like mind blown at what 
Bitcoin is is at right now. I mean, it broke 10k. No, it broke 11k. Yeah, it broke, it broke 11k. 11k? Yeah. yeah. Where's the where where's the where's the ceiling on this thing? I mean, it, it's not like a stock, right? It can't split. You know, I mean, where's the ceiling on this? It's it's got it's got to it's got to top out somewhere. Not necessarily. I mean, they're constantly generating no. more coins. It's I've heard I've heard analysts say it could go to a million dollars a coin eventually. Well, John McAfee, the famously insane person who invented McAfee antivirus says that he expects it to hit 1 million in 2020. And wow. That if it doesn't, that's, that's aggressive. That's... And that if it doesn't, he'll eat his own dick. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I, do you want me to quote him here? When no, I predicted I really Bitcoin, don't. When I predicted I, I Bitcoin really at 500,000 at the end of 2020, it used a model that predicted 5,000 at the end of 2017. BTC has now accelerated much faster than my model assumptions. I now predict Bitcoin at one million by the end of 2020. I will still eat my dick if wrong. <laughs> I mean, he is notoriously crazy. All right, with with that statement said, all dicks aside, with that statement said, how if you had the cash, would you at whatever it's at right now, 11k? Well, not right you, now. It's at 9600, but. It hit 11k yesterday. Bye bye bye. All right, all right let, let's let's round it off at 10k. Would you buy five or six Bitcoin if you had fifty thousand dollars? Not necessarily bring a hole in your pocket. Maybe like, well, I got fifty thousand. Like a four hundred one k for. I was saving for a house or putting a kid through college. I'm gonna buy Bitcoin. Would Would you do that? Absolutely. Really? Mm. Oh yeah. Without a thought. If If I If I had to have the money for something specific like John we, we just invested no. a significant amount of money in the company are you telling me we should have bought bitcoin instead is that I'm what not. I'm hearing? I'm, no I'm not okay good because I really hope donationmatch.com does better than bitcoin <laughs> it's so it's, it's bitcoin to me right now if you're using it as an investment strategy it's purely disposable income. You're you're putting money out there, and if it never comes back, you're fine with that. If if you're putting life savings into it, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't. Think I you disagree. Right. That, that's a great that's a great statement. I'm I'm just curious. I'm, I want to expand on that a little bit. You said if you're using Bitcoin as an investment strategy at this stage of the game. What else would you be using Bitcoin for? Because it's it's not. It, when I say when I say that, yes, we're put we're putting in a tiny bit of every week or month. I forget what it is, but it's money that we're not like dependent on. Right. To me, to me, investing. If I had to have this money, ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road to to retire on, I'm. I don't know that. I don't know where this is going to be in that. Time frame. Well, but do you do you manage your four hundred one k though? No, I mean, no. So that's I the don't. same deal. Is it, imagine if your four hundred one k was just one stock and you only had the option to buy or sell? I mean, if yeah, if you're gonna invest in the long term, then investing in any single format is terrible advice. That's true. The problem, the problem for me is that Bitcoin. If you spend the time understanding what affects the long term prices of it. 
why people are investing in it, then you can know when to get out before a big crash, just at the same time as everyone else who knows to get out before a big crash. Uh, there are all these crazy models for how to invest in Bitcoin that work quite well, but you have to know such an amazing amount of information to, to use them. You know, inverted cross prediction analysts and, and sideways okay. triangle well, scale and, scopes. I think and, from a practical perspective, I as a tech geek see the value in Bitcoin. That That's why I have invested money in Bitcoin. I re I originally did it because I wanted to I wanted to leverage the platform. I I th I thought for sure more more sites I I thought for sure by now more sites would have adopted Bitcoin and I would be able to buy goods or buy services. More sites Bitcoin. have than you think. No, I'm not saying that that I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're not out there, but I I honestly thought Amazon, Amazon would have been would. on Bitcoin. By, yeah, Amazon does. What? Amazon, what you, you Amazon can to... you can pay no, for things it. on Amazon through Bitcoin. No, you can't. It's not a payment option. What I'm sorry. It's a it's a coming soon payment option. Okay, don't don't derail me when I'm trying to make a point. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so and that that supposedly that was debunked on October first of this year. The article I so, read was published uh, October twenty sixth. Again, Thomas with fake news. Fake news, Thomas. Doom and gloom, Thomas. Amazon doesn't accept Bitcoin, and there's no official word on when they will, or if they will. Newegg does, by the way, if anybody's interested. Newegg does accept Bitcoin. Anyways, that wasn't any of my point. I originally started buying Bitcoin because I, I thought it was going to be the online currency to use. I now purchase Bitcoin because I see the growth behind it, and... Again, speaking as maybe a futurist, but more of a tech person, Bitcoin makes a lot of sense to me in the sense that in a, in a global economy, it levels the playing field in the, in the fact that, you know, a Bitcoin is a Bitcoin is a Bitcoin. It does. There's no translation between, you know, one co continent to another continent. There's no government. There's no one government behind it or there's no government behind it. Who who can tax it and manipulate it how they feel fit? Well, there so might be. I always thought, but at least it's secret. Really makes a lot of sense. Okay, well if there is, I don't care. It's a universal <laughs> platform that's being adopted, and I thought, man, this really makes a lot of sense. That's kind of why I'm still in it. But what I still have difficulty understanding is what is driving that value because I'm still not seeing. The, the ability to use Bitcoin grow, growing at the rate that the value of Bitcoin is growing. But, but you're, you're, again, you're stuck here in America like the rest of us where we have a very stable uh, currency, <clears throat> at least stable in our eyes. Yeah. From my understanding, this is way more popular overseas. In it's other huge in It's yeah. enormous. And things like money I, I transfers as well. I think it's pretty big in the, some of the African uh, countries as well. Absolutely. I, I was reading about money transfers from America to Venezuela, and it could be $40 to transfer $500 to Venezuela. Mm -hmm. Well, that's $6 in transaction fees for Bitcoin. So how do you argue that? I mean, 
I, I don't. But it, but are you saying that's where it's being used? Like that's that's where the value is being being. That's one of from? that's one of them. I mean, yeah. that's to say where is money being used is such a broad question. The fact that Bitcoin has become so synonymous with money at this point means that it's succeeded. That it is a way of either transferring money or storing money in a non-fiat, non-government organization. I mean, you know, the one of the big things in Silicon Valley is disruptive technology. Is that is this technology disruptive? And Bitcoin is one of the most disruptive things that's ever been invented. It it's basically goes to the the list system the ledger system, the double ledger system, and then Bitcoin. It's like the last time we had innovation in banking of this scale was a couple thousand years ago. And in the let let's be clear that the the major drivers of the price is not America. We're not we're not influencing the price of Bitcoin right now. It's it's all overseas. Now here's we here's really a side note. The cryptocurrency at some point. <laughs> we'll get so off this in one this second. <laughs> but I told you guys I registered my day my domain the other day, buscoin.com, B O S K O I N dot com. <laughs> I made the mistake of not privatizing the Who Is record. No. Because the last time the last time I registered a domain name, no one cared. How how did you register? Who'd you use? Uh, Namecheap. See, you Namecheap guys, man. John's a Namecheap guy. They're cheap. <laughs> Hover.com. Hover.com. So yeah, here's the thing, though. Overpay. It oh, turns out oh. that, that people figured out that they can automated, do automated scrapes of Whois records and new domain registrations. Mm-hmm. I got 35 <laughs> phone calls between 7.30 a.m. and 10 o'clock that night. Phone from... calls? Phone calls to my cell phone. 35. The next day I got 15. And now it's down to about two a day. <laughs> but, I mean, the, I, I could identify at this point what part of India you were raised in by hearing you say, Hello, sir, I'm talking about your domain name. Because I got so many Indian tech firms asking me if I wanted a website built. I wow. mean, so really? many. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm it, not it, a morning it, person. That 7.30 phone call to ask me about the domain I just registered was unwelcome. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, it's funny because we have our Diego Dev business, and the core of our business is doing contract work for people to create applications and web applications and we're constantly constantly bombarded with emails Diego that sounds like a very interesting business I was looking you know looking into you would you be interested in us developing a website for you I'm like you, you you didn't look into that stuff. my favorite was we see your site is built on Laravel we're Laravel experts can we can we build your website for you? It's like, um, if you see that I have a website, website that says that's not what even we do. that, not even that. If you see that I have a Laravel website, why would I need a web developer? I clearly already have one. <laughs> I had people calling me asking me to build a website for me, and I'm like, 
I have a website. It's up. It's it's there. <laughs> Visit the domain. Do you not see it's not parked? It's not a parked domain. You guys, you guys would lose your mind if you saw my phone. The number of missed calls or skipped calls is just, it's just ridiculous. All right. Let's talk PHP, PHP for a little news. bit. Yeah, we got some have, PHP news. Yeah, we have actual PHP news. I think we're out of time, though. This will have to wait for next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to refresh my beer. But, Eric, this is your ticket. You've claimed no. ownership up over it. Yeah, no, t- totally, totally. I, this, this is totally on me. Tell us what we need to know. Well, I, I will as soon as the link opens. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thomas is walking away to get a beer. I feel like I tech professionals. Do you, do you need a uh, you need a beer, John? Go get a beer. I got I got the next thirty seconds. No, because I have to go all the way to the garage. I think. Oh, you loser! Anyways, breaking news. Today, November 30th, 2017, PHP 7.2 was officially released. I don't know if that's on schedule or if that's ahead of schedule. I feel like that's a little ahead of schedule, but regardless, that's pretty cool. Seems right around. I I think I was thinking early December, so maybe it's a little early. Yeah, it feels like it's a little ahead of schedule. And I, I know, John, maybe you can explain a little bit more there's the, the the more significant thing with PHP 7.2 is has something to do with security. Can can you know what that is? Um, what do I? What? Oh, are, do are I, you do back? Do I know Thomas? what that is? Yeah, I think Thomas, you know what it is too, right? Yeah. Do, do I need to they, look it up? They they incorporated Libsodium into the core as the default, right? Isn't Libsodium like one of the default? encryption algorithm or whatever it is whatever libsodium it's does. not making it's making yeah. encryption easier and uh using best practices of 2017 and php is the first language to do this correct uh, as far as adding adding it to its core yeah but everyone will still hate us Everybody, yeah yeah I, I think that PHP hate is like getting is ramping up again. As a PHP, I think developer, I know why. We we've gone years of people making fun of you know we're not real developers and PHP as as a platform, but it seemed to had calmed down over the years, and now it's ramping back up. You say you think you know why? Why? Yeah, because we still have jobs. That's true. <laughs> I think I think there's a lot of Ruby devs out there who are just fuck PHP, man. It's not cool. Oh man, I, I tell you what, I I get so conflicted on this topic. I, I'm pretty sure I shared with you before. As a champion of PHP or a, a person who tries to build the PHP community, and I'm speaking of myself and. I, John, I'm sure does too, but I'm speaking specifically <laughs> of myself. I'm always trying to be inclusive. I want more people to learn PHP. I want more people to embrace PHP. But when I see these fantastically smart developers on other platforms slamming PHP, there's a little part of me that says, good, I hope he never comes over to PHP because I don't want to compete with him on my platform because <laughs> he's really fucking good at what he does and I really don't want him on PHP. So I, I, I get so conflicted. <laughs> I've uh, totally, I had that. I had a junior dev that we hired once 
who was brought in to do a, a simple project and he churned out a couple polymorphic classes for it. And I just went, oh, you fucking asshole. <laughs> really had to dance on your first one. Yeah. You know, my, my favorite new feature of 7.2 is. What's that? Uh, trailing function argument commas. Do it nope. explain. Seven. That's that's proposed for seven three. Damn it, Thomas! Damn it! You are you, you know are just that favorite... good at your job. You know that. What are you looking hold for on. in the Let next version s- of PHP, start, Thomas? Start over. Hold on, I'm I'm looking it up. Sh- I, I'm sh- pulling it up now too, because I just can't trust you anymore. It hurts. That. How did I get that so wrong? It totally <laughs> says seven point three on the freaking link right you on added. The, right on the. Damn it! <laughs> it's it's actually in. It, I think it's already part of seven three, but that's not what was released. <laughs> Problem is, we're not you know editing what? this. He, he's this editing is, this. This is, this is why not going to make it into the episode. This is why we call it PHP ugly. <laughs> Man, uh, argument type declarations. No, that's not it. Object. Oh, object return type declarations is pretty nice. Are we talking about seven point two again? Or are we seven point two? Seven point three features. I, trailing. I, I, okay, sorry. Trailing commas in the list syntax has been added. <clears throat> so list now more closely matches array behavior. Yeah, I just learned that. <sighs> I just learned that argon2 is now the default password instead of bcrypt. Well, yeah, that's lipsodium. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas, See? that's lipsodium. Or John. Well, well what does I said that, I learned well, something so, new. Jeez. What's do you, I, I understand this, this is all new news to you. What What is the difference between bcrypt and argon2? Uh, John, do, do you know what that is? I do not. Unlike bcrypt, hmm. which just takes a single cost factor, argon2 is parameterized by three distinct factors. A memory cost that defines memory usage, a time cost that defines the execution time of the algorithm and the number of iterations, mm-hmm. and a parallelism Threads. factor which defines the number of parallel threads. See? Yeah. So it's just adding It's just adding to the complexity. Actually. Yeah. I guess you're more able to fine-tune how complex it is to generate your passwords, which is really cool. That is. That's very, very cool. Yeah. And trailing <laughs> commas in lists. <laughs> in 7.3. <laughs> Thomas has a thing about uh, about uh, commas, apparently. So, Any, we, um... we, so we're talking about 7.2 being released, and we're all just learning about the new features. That's sad. It, I thought I had them all. I thought I had a, like a list of new features, but they're all for 7.3. <laughs> All right, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and put this derailed train back on the tracks. Rescue and... us, please. Okay, there are there are a couple of incompatibilities that uh, you need to check with uh, uh, upgrade to seven two as well. Sorry, I just want to throw that out there. I just want everybody to know it's not a smooth upgrade. Okay, do it blindly. That's the way I do it. Anyway, Eric brought up a good question with with our group a couple weeks ago when we were doing our little co working thing. And it, it hit me this past week. So he brought up, do you dream code? Ah, yes. And, and No. 
over the it seems to happen to me when I get deep into did, a new a new feature. And did you I, say I, no, no, Thomas? Was that your answer he, to it? That was his uh-huh. answer. Okay, go ahead, Jeff. I'm, but, I'm weird though. But it it does happen to me, especially I have a, a new feature I'm building for a client, and it's just I'm working on it right up until I go to bed. So I, I'll normally work till twelve, twelve thirty easily, and then walk away, go straight to bed, and then I have trouble sleeping all night, or like my thoughts and dreams are all about that project, whether it's the code I'm working on or some of the complexities of it and how I can do things. And this week has been just horrible as far as sleep goes because of that. Well, I so, can't, I can't see, sleep. I, I sleep mean, well. I've been, I've been burning the midnight oil this week and I just can't fall asleep, but so I you don't, just, you, you just don't dream at all because you're a heartless, soulless individual. I well, it. I don't dream at all because I have aphantasia, but that's its own thing if you want to look it up and care. I don't. If I don't look it up, does that mean I don't care? I'm, I'm good with both those, actually. <laughs> yeah. They're both fair answers. What's weird about that question, and I, I asked it because obviously I I have that. Like, I legitimately dream about coding. And not only do I dream about coding, but I I see the code. Uh, one recently I had actually included you, Thomas, and you were, you were explaining to me now, I still have not used it. I haven't, I have done nothing with it, but you're coding, we're, we're pair programming and you're showing me Tailwind and I'm seeing the code oh, yeah. and, and we're, we're, and I'm like, I remember a specific part of me saying, okay, well, if you're telling me that I should just be able to do this and I'm typing something out to see if it works. The weird thing about that, and I guess it's the urban legend, and I'm trying to remember exactly how, how I see the code. You're like always in his thoughts, yes. If if I if I'm seeing it on the screen, which I is how I'm processing it, remembering back that I see it on the screen, but maybe I don't. But I always thought it was like one of the things about dreaming was that you couldn't read in your dream. Like that's one of the ways to tell you're dreaming is that you can't actually read. Anything in your dream? I've never heard so, that in my life. Oh, you haven't? It's it's a myth. It's not true. That's a myth. Okay, all right. Because I I I I mean, as far as I know, it was true with that one exception. It's like I can't recall ever being able to read in a dream before, but I definitely recall coding if, in my dream. If reading is the 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 subject of the dream, then you can. If it's not, then then it doesn't exist. Like, it's a lucid dreaming technique. I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time here, but if you're having a dream and you're trying to do lucid dreaming, then uh, look for something that should have a brand name or a logo on it, and it won't, and that's how you'll know you're dreaming. Hmm. But if you're dreaming about reading or dreaming about brand names, then that doesn't work. That doesn't occur. It's only if you're dreaming about playing baseball and then you look at the lettering on the baseball because you thought to look at the lettering. Huh. Okay. That, that might explain it. But but I straight up dream about coding. And and I, I can see the code in my head. You know, as I'm dreaming I see the code and it's uh it doesn't bother me. I mean it's it's not like a John situation where it's it's a it's a trigger or it's a flag that I'm under stress or overworked or anything. It's just 
It's just a it's way to call him out. Jesus. <laughs> it's just really, I, I have a bad life at home. My family situation is not great. I'm not saying yeah. anything like that. It's not like it's not like John, where if I have that kind of dream, it means my wife's cheating on me. It's a totally different kind Wait, of dream. She is. No, Again? no. What? No. Huh? Oh, John, wait. where'd I go? John, you're dreaming. Path? Calm oh, down. Sorry. All right. This I don't have um. I don't awkward. have visual. My my brain doesn't do uh visual. Uh, the the visual connection to my eyes. This is the aphantasia thing. That was my beard. Yeah. Uh. Aphantasia. Zai, I can't picture things in my head. So so uh. if we didn't have cameras on right now and I said, What do I look like? You couldn't tell me what I look like? I'd I'd be pretty mystified. I, I try to forget what you look like every day. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Did I not need to say that? I'm sorry. Bad oh, news I, for anybody looking I, to upgrade to PHP 7.2, they've discontinued support for netware. So all you netware people out there running PHP 7.1. I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> you tapped out. Wait, am I having a different podcast in my head again? I apologize. Hey, you guys know, uh, you guys know friend of the show, Michael Drinda. I'll see. We do. The coder from down o- under? No, that that that. The, co- the coder from down over. That up, worked up. better in my head. I should have tried to dream about that one. I dream. Well, about the him fact. Damn, the fact like, that. What? The cunder from down <laughs> under. <laughs> the fact that he's Australian actually is very important to the story because he has been working on the secret project and has officially announced that he is launching Laracon AU. <laughs> AU, buddy. AU. For Australia. Yes. yes. Oh, is that what AU means? I thought that was gold. Yes, Michael is part of I thought of he was starting circle. a new I thought he was starting he's, a new coin. Laracon he's gold. part of the Laravel Golden Circle. He's they all <laughs> sit there and sit there. Yes, here's your no, umbrella it, and your top hat. <laughs> it's a uh, completely supported blessed uh, Laravel conference in Australia. I'm I'm proud of the guy. Well he doesn't he doesn't have a, a history of pissing off the Laravel community like some other oh, uh, no, no conferences do. Yeah, no, I, it's like a natural thing for me. I I, I piss off uh, pretty much anybody. I I, uh, so basically, I I think I'm supporting. So basically, Austin. after listening to this episode, it's not going to be friend of the show, Michael Dorinda. <laughs> no, I mean, as long as it's an unofficial title, he's good. Yeah. The moment the moment he acknowledges, then he's in trouble. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he but, can't he, he can't let us know that that that's his monarch because then we know he heard it. So yeah, but I, I do have to this this week. I have to give uh, Taylor Otwell huge props. Um, he wrote an article in Medium. Oh, hold on, hold on. You're moving you slow down, too fast. Slow down. So so PHP, PHP Jesus. That's Christ. that's my story. Well, do well, it in no, you, this. You got to go this order. Jesus. Christ. Priming. Oh, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not following the Trello board, which I'm the only one who uses. Well, you're moving you on from Laracon AU too quickly. <laughs> let's. I mean, if we're gonna give go, him a plug, go let's, on. Let's give him a plug, right? Am, am was, I wrong? I that was no. I thought that was it. I thought Michael Dorinda Laracon AU. But you Laracon did. Com. Au. Okay, that, that's Laracon what I was AU for. on Twitter. 
you, you didn't you didn't give them anywhere to go. And I th- I think isn't Laricon.au now a, a site? Is that not a site now? He no? he just said that. I don't think no. It's Laricon.com.au. I don't think Laricon.au is a domain. Is a real top level domain. Right. So I don't I don't. It's going to be held in Sydney, Australia. Just FYI, let, let me just pound this out real, real quick since the guys don't want to participate. It's going to be held in Sydney, Australia. I don't think a, a date has been set yet, but it's going to be October 2018, um, around that time. I, I, don't think it, I thought you were just going to pick a date for it. Just give them a date. That's what it is now. <laughs> now you've got it. It's going to be September 19th. We'll, we'll call it October 26th. Yeah, it'll be October 26th. Uh, so he's obviously... Birthday. He's he's just putting all this stuff together. I, I'm actually pretty excited about this. Uh, Laricon AU, Sydney, Australia, 2018, October. Clearly doesn't have a speaker. I I imagine since I know his relationship with Taylor and the Laravel community that he'll probably have some heavy hitters there. I wouldn't be completely surprised at all if Taylor himself made the trip out there to speak. Uh, so if you're in that hemisphere of the world uh and you, or you, you feel, like, feel traveling? like traveling uh Laricon, au you know if you don't feel like coming to uh san diego in september which i'm not sure why you wouldn't but you know i'm just saying what did, did i hijack that with Is wave it, php no i never no, said wave php so it's fine i i, I just said oh, Laricon. i definitely didn't say wavephp.com no one said wavephp.com don't we worry. didn't say wavephp.com. Did I say no, that? No one did. No, no one did. I mean, if we did, we can edit it. I'm sure it'll get edited. Wavephp.com. Yeah. Right to the very beginning of the show. Yeah. No, we're good. Just pretty, I'm pretty forward. sure we're pretty clear that we, we weren't hijack, hijacking that story with uh, wavephp.com. That was strictly about Laricon <laughs> wavephp. Uh, Laricon AU. Laricon AU. Laricon Laricon dot com. Dot com. Dot AU. Probably better to follow them on Twitter at Luricon AU. Great, great no. work, uh, Mr. We're in Dorinda. no way an authority for anything Appreciate for it. anyone. I hope this doesn't mean that you're canceling your trip to San Diego for wavephp.com. <laughs> in addition okay. to Luricon AU, Luricon US also announced their 2018 destination, which we we were trying so hard to get Luricon to come to San Diego. Eric, well, Eric was not we. That that was his thing. You don't have to distance yourself. I'm trying. To, well, I'm distant. Never mind. Cancel. Yes, yes. The the, the uh, and I I've I have raised some red flags about this announcement. So Laricon US talked don't, about the venue. Don't poo poo it, Jesus. Well, I'm not poo pooing. I'm, I'm being honest because honestly, I, I've already had a couple people ask me if I'm going, and I don't. It's not a given. I'm going to this first thing. If I go to a Laricon, if I go to a Laravel conference next year, I, I, I am I, I'm very inclined to either go to Laricon EU or check out Laricon AU, just because I I, I, I want that experience. I, I want that that experience of going to a conference in another country. Laricon EU looks very, I mean, obviously that's established. Uh, it's in a great location, great place to go visit. I, I think the, the wife would, uh, would, would go with me there. Same thing with Sydney, but it, you know, it is a first year conference in Sydney and you know, not all first year conferences can be as good as wave PHP. 
So, uh, but I would definitely go to Laracon AU as well. Laracon US, obviously the easier of the three to get to if I were to go to Laravel Conference next year. But the venue that they announced was this museum in Chicago. And my concerns that I raised with some of my friends is, okay, so once again, we're not having the conference at a hotel, which is really common for the Laravel conferences. They're they're rarely at a hotel, but they're typically around a hotel. So every Laravel conference I've gone to in uh, Kentucky and and in New York, we've everybody's yeah, there's been the, the conference hotel, either officially or unofficially, there's been a conference hotel, and it's been within walking distance of the conference. I don't see that as being the case for this one. This museum I pulled up on, on the map is nowhere really close to a hotel. Uh, I mean, it's not far. It's, they're, they're hotels within uh, like a couple miles, maybe even a mile, but it's definitely not walking distance. It's not waking up at you know 7.30 and being there for the first talk at eight or nine o'clock or whatever the first talk would be just by you know throwing on some shoes and walking there so it's like okay is the thought you know i'm curious if if there's if there's the idea of a shuttle i've been to conferences before big conferences typically where they've offered shuttle services from various hotels to a conference i don't know if there's hasn't been any talk about a shuttle service if the idea is people are going to Uber it or rent cars, I, that that's probably my biggest pain point right now looking at this conference is, okay, how am I getting there the couple of days? It's like, I don't particularly want to rent a car and I don't want to Uber every day. And if you go to a conference, especially if, if you're like really in the business, a lot of times you go to conferences, you're not, you're not sitting there through all the talks. You're, you're meeting clients, you're meeting potential you know, potential clients, you're meeting other developers, you guys are going, you're grabbing a bite to eat, or you're grabbing a couple of drinks while the conference yeah, is going you're, on. Yeah, you're drinking a lot. Yeah, and I don't see how that's going to work in this. I mean, maybe there's a cafeteria or something in the museum. I am assuming there is, but I don't know. It's weird. There's a lot of questions that I need answered before I would commit to going to that conference. Yeah, the only conferences I've been to... PHP conferences, they've always been in hotels, except for Laracon. And then uh, Bowl Expo, which is a bowling conference, was either in Vegas, where there's obviously hotels everywhere, or Orlando, same thing. You know, it's at the convention center in Orlando, and hotels readily accessible. So that's what I'm used to when it comes to conferences. Well, I have no problem with it. I think it's a wonderful choice. And unfortunately, I just won't be able to make it this year. Why is that? Pretty I, far but, off in the distance. Yeah, I, I just, I just have no interest. But yes, <laughs> you also didn't. You, you also didn't make it this year. And no, I didn't. <laughs> you jerk! I fully support this conference. I think it's a fantastic conference. I'm just not going because I'm not interested. <laughs> Well, I, like we've said in previous podcasts, we're sort of at the peak of of our Laravel knowledge. We we know the framework pretty inside and out at this point. But that's not... Yeah, I mean, okay. No, that's it's true, true, but that's not necessarily why you go to conferences. I don't know. I, I if mean, I was going to go to a conference for the other reasons, I'd go to a PHP and... vanilla conference. 
And that's what I was going to say, too. E- even coming from that angle, with, with the exception of the business angle of meeting clients, meeting developers, the, the, the social angle of it, uh, even from the learning perspective, just looking through the speaker list, it's like, okay, same speakers, same, you know, kind of retreading the same kind of speakers, probably the same sort of talks. I just, yeah, there's not a, there's not enough new there to get that excited Which about it right now. It's a real conundrum for Laravel, because what do you do when Jeffrey Way has covered everything? Now what do you talk about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I mean, couple... you're not even talking about conferences. It's like, yeah, that guy, that guy does such a good job at, at covering everything. Laravel. Literally everything. Yeah. And then he got, and then he he ran out of Laravel stuff and started doing JavaScript, and then started doing testing, and then went back IDEs. to JavaScript, and then like updates on what Laravel does next, and he covers. Laracasts is such a massive collection, just brain dump of information. And it's so well done. What do you have conferences for it's almost, now when it's, it's framework well specific? Done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I'm not going to go to Laracon and learn something new about collections that's not covered on Laracasts. Mm-hmm. You were going to say something, John? Nope. Okay, good job. <laughs> that's why. We, that's why we were here. Okay, Thomas, I cut you off. You were leading to a, to another story that I think is important. Taylor did write a fantastic post on Medium uh, that he titled My Mental Health Tool Belt. And as much as I think Medium is a stupid platform, he did write a great article. Uh, and, and I think he wrote an article that's more approachable for for a lot of developers than a lot of the other mental health stuff. Where Really? Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of coder mental health stuff where... They're basically yelling at the audience, it's real! The problems are real! These things actually happen! And Taylor's approach here is just saying, yes, these problems are real, but here is how you maintain a lifestyle that reduces the stress. A lifestyle that puts you in touch with yourself and how to understand the stresses that you're dealing with. It's not just trying to convince people that the problem is real it's trying to say every part of your day is part of dealing with the problem Mm -hmm. uh it's what you eat it's how you work out it's how you spend your free time um it's it's how you clean your room you know he he's making small points that have big impact and i i really enjoyed this article yeah that that small wins clean up room and small wins uh one of my old bosses used to tell me that uh, priests were told they needed to mow the lawn just to have something that they could start and end and have a sense of, of accomplishment and completing a task because they they're they're so often just you know in discussions with people and and being mentors or for lack of a better word, psychiatrist <laughs> to, yeah. to parishioners, right? So they don't often have that sense of accomplishment. So just that act of mowing the lawn. So his, uh, Taylor's recommendation of cleaning up your room, is that's what it is. It's a small win. You, you've been able to accomplish something. Yeah. I My wife recently got a new job and she said, well, I'm working during the day now, so I need you to unload the dishwasher 
in the morning when you get up and while you're making your breakfast or whatever, just, just get the, get the dishwasher unloaded while I'm gone. So I wake up, the dishwasher is loaded full. They're all clean. And part of my morning routine is making sure that when my wife comes home, the dishes are put away and everything's ready for the day to continue. And it's totally a small win for me. I love doing the dishes in the morning. Um, she'll forget to turn the dishwasher on. And for me, I get to turn it on in the morning and then do the dishes in the afternoon when I have lunch. And I get to say, hey, you left the dishwasher without turning it on. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, hey, it's no problem. It's like, it's a small wins. It's no problem. They I work just for... try to throw that in your face let you know that you, <laughs> yeah. you failed us. No, you family. fucked up again. <laughs> and I had to cover for your ass. Yeah. And I totally so, so, the other, so the other night when my wife left the, the oven on after cooking, I should have told her, like, hey, you left the oven on. I turned it off. Don't worry. House. Yeah, oh no, no. We you, still have a house yeah. thanks to me, you know. But yeah. you yeah. just tell her the. You tell her thanks I left dinner. the oven on. You should probably check it now. <laughs> no, but I totally get this. Uh, I actually take a lot of pride in my office, and I, I've been trying to get more into like the woodworking, and I built you know all these shelves and stuff in my office. And recently, you built your desk. You built that pipe desk. Yeah, and recently, my wife and I combined offices, and we moved into another space in the house. Which has really made me out of sorts because we haven't had the we're we're com, we're combining our our things from our two offices into one office. I don't have things in places where I want them. Things just aren't in place in general right now. I mean, they're all over the they're still in boxes, and we're still trying to figure out where we're putting things. And it really leaves me out of sorts. And my kind of goal this weekend is okay. I've got to get some sort of structure organization to this. Uh, to this office situation this weekend because th- this is getting you know it's, it's getting problematic for me. So I totally I totally get that. I also liked uh, I also liked his little talk where about again going back to Taylor's post about uh, positive visualization. But the one thing I think is really interesting in this article is if you read through it, what an impact him having kids made on that. Like this all came about because he had kids, and you know he he started going through these scenarios of you know if if you know God forbid I don't want him going through scenarios. He, he does know, yeah. He does say, yeah. "What if I die?" Yeah, yeah, that that sort of thing, and and he keeps referencing you know have what a what a uh, influence the children have on him and his well being, and I I think that holds true. Um, as as well, it's like when you're young, e- even if you're married, it, you you can so easily easily be kind of you know go go off and not really care about consequences. But once you have those kids, that's that adds so much stress to your life. Being responsible to, for another living soul <laughs> who can't defend itself, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, my kids again, they're older. They're they're young adults now uh they don't need to be babied uh they basically live their own life they they you know they can go off they're they're of age they're over 18 they're in college they can do whatever they want to do and i still feel that i still feel like you know so much of my so much of the way i manage things is to make sure things are good for them 
and I, I don't know I, that that just hit home with me when I saw that. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can relate to that. Yeah, so that'll that'll be up on the subreddit, and naturally, a conversation about mental health brings us to everyone's favorite section of the podcast, doom and gloom. You know, it's my favorite section because it usually means we're just about done. Are we done? What's what's doom and gloom? It's an especially sad one today. Okay. It's been announced that CompuServe's forums, which do still exist, are being shut down. No! Well, you know, they, they're they're trying to upgrade to 7.2 and they run a network, so that won't be supported, so they had they to shut down. <laughs> despite, despite being bought by AOL in 1998, the forums, actually, amazingly enough, still exist. If you don't know what CompuServe is, uh, it's... It was an oh, early attempt at the World Wide Web before the World Wide Web existed. And it's just, a, it's just such a shame to see all these great ancient services that have no users finally going away. <laughs> I was a CompuServe user back in the day. I was too. Where, where, where your username was at was a long number? <laughs> that I don't remember, but I'm going back oh, to when I was really? in high school. So Was I, was I dating myself? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, CompuServe that... used to be identified by a number. It was it was a uh, fairly long number, if I remember. Well, yeah, because CompuServe was the online encyclopedia. Yeah, and so you were given you were given an encyclopedia number that represented you in the encyclopedia. Yeah, it, it was fun. All right, I, as as hopeful as I was, that would be the last story. I, I think I thought you skipped over a really good card that you had out there, Thomas, and I moved it. I, I, I'd like to see you talk about this. Oh, Firefox? Firefox. So Firefox, again, the new Firefox has really kind of hit the hit the industry and running, and a lot of people are starting to re-adopt or adopt for the first time Firefox and move back over to it. I'm, I'm actually one they're of taking, them. They're taking an interesting tack on the web browser recently. Um, this story is just one in a couple of sort of new behaviors for the browser, uh, what they're doing is Firefox is scraping the website, have I been pwned? And if you visit a website that has been compromised in an attack, it's letting you know right there in the browser uh, location bar that the website that you're on has been compromised. And you can it, it, it right there in the browser. In the past, right? Right, and you can right there in the browser check if your email address or your username was one of the compromised accounts. See, um, is this feature coming out, or it's out now? It's, it says it's out now, huh? This is not out now. Oh, it's coming uh, out. This, right, this is an existing add-on or, or extension for Firefox that they're incorporating into the core browser. Uh, oh. Another extension... Another extension that they're incorporating in uh, notifies you if you're being tracked through uh, canvas images. So canvas images have mm -hmm. a sort of inherent vulnerability that let you be tracked across websites, the cross-domain cookie type thing. Yeah. And so they will be notifying you of those types of exploits as well. I know uh, I, I use the Tor browser as well, and that's one of the built-in functionalities of the Tor browser already. So, so you, you said it, it's using "Have I been pwned?" Is it is Firefox actually submitting your email to that site to to tell you specifically you that 
you've been breached on that site or that the site has had breaches and it's letting you know? It holds a list of existing breaches, and if you decide to enter in your information, it will submit it through the Have I Been Pwned API. So if I had never been to a site that's been breached... You have. If I, if I, go, to, <laughs> if I go to a site that I've never been to before that has been breached in the past, Firefox is now going to be discouraging me from signing up to that service. It's not discouraging you. It's simply letting you know that your account may have been compromised if you have an account they, on this they site. They are not discouraging me. They're not saying don't sign up for this, but they are discouraging me saying, you know, going to go to Quote, unquote, you visited hackedsitelinkedin.com. Right. So going to well, going to the the average end user that sees that they're going to be like oh shit I'm not signing up for this service. Well even well, if no, they fix their issues. But the, but that's that's not how iPhone works, right? iPhone I mean, Yeah, but that's not ha, what John's ha, ha, saying. John is John is saying it's weird for a browser it's weird for a browser legally speaking to dissuade people by notifying them of compromises like this. I'm but, not but saying again, it's a bad thing, but, but it's what's going to happen. It, no, it but, does put but, him in a weird again, legal position. No, but it, but again, it, if if I'm understanding it correctly, I go to Twitter.com and I, I log in with Showcom. If I'm understanding what's going to happen, it's going to check its I've been pwned database for Twitter.com to see if any of the released passwords that they have a database on has the username Showcom associated to it. And if it does, it's going to give me that notification. Hey, this site was compromised. Your username, Showcom, has turned up on that compromised list. You probably want to change your password. So this is this is the part of it where it is a feature that will be coming to Firefox, is that they're working with security researchers and corporations that have been hacked to make sure that they do not present the alert in a way that would alarm li- that would alarm or libelize the Firefox group. Yeah. I mean you you could get I, I you it's... could get called out for libel pretty quickly by these big companies and but so they're can't you really... they're working on integrating this. Oh yes. So, Eric to, to to answer your question there. I don't think you're understanding at least from what Thomas described. He said if you go to LinkedIn before you log in it's going to say this site has been breach see, see i don't think and then click here and then click here if you want to see if you it hasn't it called. hasn't been decided what it's going to say I, I think, or I think when it's going to say we've already it stopped uh, we've already established the fact that thomas makes shit up constantly so uh it's the last paragraph of the article yeah you kind of make shit up though <laughs> no yes i do but that's not my point this time <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess we. Have and to if you're see talking about the fucking microwave thing, I do not make that up. <laughs> we'll have to see. You didn't make it up. Somebody did, and you just regurgitated it. Anyway, we'll have, <laughs> we'll have to see how this gets implemented. I I, I see both sides of, of this coin. Um, the way the a behavior I I would like to see is again, it's aware of my login and it checks it against the database to see if that login has shown up on any compromised list. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see to see how that the existing the existing plugin that it is the existing plugin that it is mocking the feature that it's implementing is not does not do that. It asks you if you want to enter your email address to check. Right. But the pro- but the problem this is, is not 
not every site uses email address. So it's not like you can Firefox and say, hey, what's your email? And they'll check it for you because some sites it's going to be your username. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, it's a thing supposed to be a quick story, but boy, we managed to screw that up. (laughs) And and, and we've been going for way too long. It's time to way too long. I'm just waking up. What are you talking about? The, the back keep, of my eyes are stories. literally hurting right now. Like that's how I'm just I'm just now getting drunk. This this how much I want to fall asleep right now. I could all right lay down, go to sleep. That's this has been a, we're we're covering this has two, been a we're fun covering two episode weeks. Eighty five. PHP ugly. Keep it Today. ugly. <laughs> Thomas just gives up. Thomas is just like, no, oh, you're the one guys. who says your name first. We're, okay, that's it. We're we're done. We're, we're we're calling this a show. We're wrapping up episode eighty five of PHP Ugly. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Congdon, and I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Keep it, Keep ugly. it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.